Welcome back to B -B -B Boys Lunch. I am Joey, joined by Paul. I don't know why I set it up that way. <laughs> I just like you saying Paul. But this is Boys Lunch. We are two Catholic teachers discussing life and different things that come to our mind and just sharing things with you. So glad to be here. Glad yeah. that you're here. Appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. Uh, you can always contact us at uh, boyslunch1. Yes, that's boyslunch1 at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at boyslunchpodcast. Intern Casey's still hard at work, so we appreciate his work. Is he, though? Have you checked the Instagram lately? Okay, so maybe someone could email us. Let us know if uh, Casey's doing his job. If not, we have can you certainly dock his him? pay. Yeah, I mean, I've texted him a couple okay. times in the last six months. Yeah, I don't think I did the past like episode or two, so sorry, Casey. That's all right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Boyslunch1 at gmail.com is hopping right now. Seriously, we're getting a ton of emails. So many emails. Hey, before you do that, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you asking what's sitting on my desk yeah, right what, now? What do you got there? What I have here, I mean, some would call it merch. Some would call it swag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, I just lost <laughs> some listeners. That is a mighty fine-looking mug. Yeah, we made some merch last year. We made a mug, mm -hmm. and it sold like hotcakes. We found a few more in our inventory, and we're going to have a fall sale, yes. I think. A You're clearance looking... sale, but not clearance full price. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we are not not dropping any any cash off that. Um, but that is a mighty fine-looking mug. Uh, boys Lunch mug. If you want to get yourself one, I'm looking at uh, Joey re uh, reading this. Uh, drinking out of it right now. It looks He's making looks an nice. awkward amount of eye contact while he does so, but yeah. I must say he looks really good drinking out of a boys' lunch. And I have not really – I need to use it more in class. I don't like to, out of humility, you know. Right, absolutely. But I, I had it out today, and there was some interest from kids. So uh, I was like, wait a minute. I think I still have a few. So, yeah, if you're wanting to get your hands on one of these last few Boys Lunch mugs, it's white. It has a kind of a microphone and our name on one side. The other side has, uh, like, Michael Scott's world, World's Best Boss. We have World's Best Podcast on absolutely. the other side. So, and a percentage of the money always goes towards a great cause. So we appreciate, again, any sort of financial contribution. Our kids' college fund. <laughs> yeah, we're getting rich off this. Yeah. Um, the senior class charity, which this year is? Birthright. Birthright. Local organization that helps uh, new mothers. Uh, they provide uh, different means of support for uh, those who find themselves pregnant or who has recently had a child. Look at you. You were ready for that. I was. Nice. I was. I am. In a, Kayla and I are, I guess, in charge of making sure that that uh, that check that we write at the end of the year is big, so we should probably know what birthday. It's already is. getting nice and grande right now. Yeah, seriously, we've got a ton nice of money already. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, Kathy Whelan, uh, mother of a parent, came in and, uh, and uh, gave a great speech on birthright, and uh, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hey, how are you doing? Before we get into some of the the things from the email, the listener questions. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I lectured and I gave a test. I'm back to teaching like mm -hmm. I'm supposed to, and it's beautiful. I do enjoy my job. I enjoy the senior class. And uh, Today's a test day for you. Today is a test day, so I'm getting all sorts of stuff done. Yeah, everything uh, but grading that test. <laughs> Actually, I already started. Oh, nice. I told myself I was going to try to get uh, the quarters coming up, so you got to get that grading. I am going to be honest. Over the years, like my first few years of teaching, I graded right away. Because it's more like, how did I actually do writing this test and teaching it? We kind of wanted to see how kids were. We went lazy over the years. I feel bad. They they definitely call me out on the hypocrisy. Like we expect them to do stuff and yeah. give ourselves no timeline. So I always tell the kids, if you email me, I'll grade yours within the day. And so people who really need to know just have to know. That should be if you email me, I'll find yours within the day. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll set it aside. And then I'll look at it the next day. Yeah. And then we'll think about graded the day. I'm sorry, juniors. You'll get some great There stuff. are some test days, though, where it's like, this is going to be a me day, and I'm just going to read something I want to read. So yeah. I'm like monitoring the back, the test in the back, and I'm just reading. 
we're just selfless. We're servant leaders. That's what we try. <laughs> but anyway, how else? Or what? How else? What else is going on for you? Um, got a couple of new nieces baptized into the church. That's right, baby. So that was beautiful on Sunday. The whole uh, Sikor clan got together. And we sacraments had, on sacraments. Sacraments man. on sacraments. So it was a double baptism. Uh, rare these days in the old COVID times, but it was uh, a lot of fun. Good pictures. My Probably uh, same family. You guys yeah, same, same family. Uh, and we all got together afterwards. Uh, my daughter Sienna uh, did a wonderful job of taking advantage of the cool marble floor and found herself laying down doing different, like, I don't know, it almost looked like she was doing yoga or some sort of exercise video. She was, yeah, she was all over the place. Those are those moments where, get up, get up. Right, and, <laughs> like, and like, Mary, parent, yeah. Mary and I are the uh, godparents to uh, Sophie Ray. And so we're just like, um, you know, like making eye contact. The she can't read, she can't read your lips. She yeah. has no idea what you want. She's just like smiling back. Yeah. Like, come on, get up. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, we're very thankful for that. And then uh, Mary and I got a big weekend coming up, or you had a big coming weekend? up, really We're going to Peoria, going camping, going to Peoria, Illinois. Nice, yeah, it's a little yeah. city on a river, a little romantic Get weekend away. City. So the my parents will have the girls, and then uh, Mary and I are getting up to the big city. That's awesome. There yeah. is something just about leaving town, absolutely, and staying somewhere else. The original plan cool. was to go to New Orleans. Oh, let me well. tell you, <laughs> Peoria and New Orleans are pretty much the same. But uh, New Orleans, everybody's back traveling. Prices are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. We would have spent over a grand. Just to get there? Just on hotels. Oh, yeah. Or lodging. And we weren't looking exactly like five-star. We're just like... Yeah, just get me in there. Yeah. Mardi Gras is like five months away, too. So, yeah, we had a real hard time like justifying like... Yeah. Christmas is coming up. We're like, well... <laughs> Do I want my kids to have presents <laughs> Yeah, <here>? exactly. <laughs> Macaroni uh, paintings and finger painting children. Yeah. Those are our gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Santa's having a real hard That's time. a good idea. I should just get him a box of noodles of like pasta. Go wild. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, do whatever you want with this. Yeah. We can cook it. You can glue it on the paper. <laughs> Daddy, uh, why is it the off brand? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sit down, son. Let's have a talk. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's cool. Hey, we got together this weekend. We did. That was nice. My wife was gone on a retreat. And so it was, it was boys' weekend at home. Absolutely. Um, so our parish does um, some good like adult like retreats sort of formation and stuff. So she was able to finally go on one, get some time off of work. So uh, Paul came over with his girls, played at my house. It was fun. Yeah, it was nice. The kids played well together. Yeah. Not too much like, no, I don't know. No infight, no fighting, no, uh, didn't have to break up any arguments over the one toy that it must yeah. be played with. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was even like we, they were playing downstairs by themselves. We even had a moment together. And we were upstairs having a moment together, sharing <laughs> coffee, watching the Premier League. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was nice. Uh, you, uh, to our wives, though, they were being supervised. Absolutely. They were never unattended. Yeah. We even provided them food. So, we did. And I say we, I mean you. You were a... I cut up some apples. You were a wonderful host. Such a great host. Put them in their own little individual bins so nobody was fighting. That's right. And it was COVID protocol. <laughs> Love it. It was nice, though. It's nice to see you outside of school. You have a twinkle in your eyes outside of school. <laughs> there's there's renewed hope in his there's eyes. There's renewed hope. Uh, Is it good enough of a share? I think so. I didn't hit the record button. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a few of the things that I've missed. Um, Casey did send me a, something one time. He asked, could a college team beat an NFL team like in football? That was a big discussion with them a few years ago. Could like LSU when they were like really good beat like the Bengals when they were really bad? Yeah. There's that Dolphins team that was real bad however many years ago. I still don't think so. No. I don't think so. Me either. Yeah. I, especially like um, – They would just get bodied. And the college game is kind of unique. You're kind of 
They're calling plays from the sideline. They're not actually reading a defense. Yeah, I think there's much less. They're, yeah, much less. They're compl- babied. Not as complex as far as defense or offensive schemes. It's simplified. Yeah. You're looking for high power. But I just think like a real defense is probably not going to get that done. Because even just like the worst defensive lineman will still just like body. Yeah. Uh, like be in the backfield at every single play. Yeah, I'm sorry. But a sophomore, sophomore starting tackle, even at Alabama, yeah. like you're coming up against grown men. It might be a good game, but I'm, I'm on the – the camp no yeah uh next one we do have a response about um josh and callens if you remember from yeah past few episodes uh josh sent us an email the subject line your in parentheses lawyer hello joe hello paul hello callens spelled wrong i've been informed by your efforts to stop my lawsuit i would like to briefly talk to you about your parentheses lawyer if i remember correctly callen is no taller than four feet so how do you expect your case to stand if Kaylin can't even sit at a desk without a booster seat? Thank you for your time. Wow. Straight for the uh, ad hominem there. <laughs> Signed it, Joshua, Mr. Worldwide Vogel. <laughs> Jeez. Well, thanks, Josh. I appreciate uh, appreciate you emailing the show. Thank you for your humor. Uh, we do appreciate it. Callan, um, I guess ball's in your court. Yeah. This is what we pay you for, Callan. Bring the heat. We have not. Uh, this comes from Owen Ritter. Hey, would you be able to write a recommendation for me? <laughs> That was three months old. Yeah. No, but I did write him one, so I think we're okay. Yeah. Isaac Sanders, former student in the seminary now. Yeah. Sent us a nice question. If you tried to pick one company to sponsor your podcast, which would it be and why? Ooh. That's a cool question. Yeah. Ooh, I'd love to get sock religious. Oh, sock yeah, religious. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of their socks. Um, I'm wearing some right now. Are you really? Me too. Augustine. Oh, I got a Fulton Sheen over here. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so sock religious, I know you're listening. Sock religious would be good. I was thinking like if like a, like a German monastery that brews beer. Oh, like nice. Wanted to, I don't know, sponsor our show. Yeah, I'm just saying. Ooh, Mystic Monk Coffee. Oh, nice. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, there's a few. We're thinking of just selfish things that we want. I mean, what? Well, at least we pick Catholic things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what else would you, you want to sponsor something you don't enjoy? I don't know. You so want to stand by it, right? You put your name behind it. I want to see, like, these. those companies aren't going to give us much money. Is it about the money, though? Yeah, it is. No, it's, it's about a, the it's free stuff. Sock <laughs> <laughs> oh. religious, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Something with coffee yeah. that maybe had a Catholic flair. I'm looking Something at your... with beer that I think had a Catholic flair. Yeah, I'm looking at your face right now, Catholic Beer Balm Company. Ooh, nice. Well, more for your face. Well, you talking don't sell yourself short here. Yeah. So, uh, Isaac, great question. And uh, I'm actually, Isaac, do you want to work on getting us some of the spots? Yeah, that'd be great. Or Casey, I guess. Casey. Yeah. Earn your internship. We should have him start reaching out to random Catholic. Oh, companies. that would be great. And we just fudge our numbers. Say, like, no, like, we have thousand <laughs> listeners a week. What, we don't have a thousand? No. Wait, did I just promote lying? I'll cut that part out. Uh, but Isaac, uh, I know Boys Lunch had a significant and played a significant role in your discernment of the seminary, so you're welcome. I think the reason he's in the seminary. He said Boys Lunch. He Go. heard the first episode through I, our little uh, microphones. I must serve the church. <laughs> I must serve. <laughs> Teddy sent us some good questions that I need to think about more. One of them was, what kind of careers are open to people who get a theology degree? Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> well, bless your heart. Nothing. <laughs> um. Right off the bat, uh, director of religious education at a parish, uh, youth ministry. Um, you can teach at a Catholic high school. There are actually it looks good. Anything within that realm, yeah. If you want to get involved in church life. Looks you've got good. diocesan jobs as well, and depending on what what type of like degree that you do have, um, 
you can go all the way in and go canon law. You can be a canon lawyer, uh, or you could work within like um, director of faith and, or evangelization at a diocese. And I think family. it can help get you into master's programs for other fields that you might want to do. Like yeah. maybe you want to do. I, I've known some people that want to get into psychology, but really enjoy theology and the faith, and so they maybe they'll double major in theology and psych, and then go focus more on psych. Yeah. But then they have that background of theology. And the counseling and stuff like that, or yeah. So uh, social work, or the, yeah, the double major too, or or yeah, getting into a master's program where it's like, it's, but also like it's just any type of degree will look good for any type of job. Like in town, we have State Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a bachelor's degree, even if it is in theology, I think it helps you look good. So even if you just selfishly like to study it, and maybe you don't want to teach or do stuff like that, there are definitely still options of yeah. getting work other places. Franciscan.edu or what is a is Benedictine have a website? Yeah, Benedictine.edu. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that one of these episodes, just a debate of which school is better. I know the crowd is wanting this one. <laughs> I mean, famous celebrity from each town. You have who? Amelia Earhart. We have Dean Martin. So who's Dean Martin? Okay. <laughs> what is that like a? basketball player or something anyway uh <laughs> teddy had some other great questions there um but we are going to need some time to think about those did dean martin fly across the atlantic no i mean he probably did he probably wrote <laughs> he plane. actually yeah. anyway are you ready to get into this let's do it okay well i wasn't in the mental space yesterday to jump into a podcast i apologize to people i had a lot of ideas going on in my head but also it's just sometimes the work that gets to you and you're not in the right state of mind to Try to share some truth. It happens. Now, would I have appreciated some notice? Because I had just like absolutely slammed an entire thermos of coffee in an That's effort to true. try to find the energy to do it. You did look a little let down when I, after ninth hour and I was like, I just I can't do it. it. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> As, yeah, I'm like shaking. You just had six cups of coffee. I'm going to go read the entire suma. <laughs> but I think I'm ready now. Let's do it. And I think today is going to be more of a like social commentary, kind of an observation of our society. My thoughts are my own. I'm not sharing the thoughts of the diocese, Bishop Janky, of Mr. Foster, our principal, or even of Paul. Region two of the Diocese of Peoria. Right. So these are just kind of my own kind of musings and thoughts, and I think Paul will put in his own as well. And maybe you'll agree with some, maybe you'll disagree, but it is just kind of wanting to enter into a dialogue of observations that we're seeing. And to do that, I kind of want to trace back. This will be kind of a more of a, yeah, historical social commentary of, of the church more in the Western culture. And it's more of like my understanding of like this new regime that is here, that kind of powers and the forces that are are kind of running the way that we think, the way we have values in life and the, the way that we live our life. And obviously the numbers of believers are in decline. There's not as many people within America that really believe in a higher power or adhere and want to live their life according to that higher power, right? Yeah. You've seen, especially in the 2000s, ever since the, they call them like the four horsemen of atheism. Do you remember them? Yeah. That was kind of a huge thing, especially after 9-11. Barron kind of hits on this. When you look at like this, attack that had to do with religion on our country people were able to kind of use that as this is what happens when religion gets involved in things there's this extremism it's fanatic it's not rational mm-hmm. and so you had people like richard dawkins sam uh harris these people yeah. that kind of champion almost this evangelical atheism where they're spreading this to people and wanting to convert you to not believe in god right yeah because a lot of people feel like the less religion the better society will be yeah they're actually freer uh-huh and I think a lot of it has to do with a misconception of what religious people actually believe. And I think there's a fault of religious people not even living out what they should be believing. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us, we are constant students of history, right? Yeah. 
I have a history degree. You have the Illinois State University. Literally a history degree. It's always been a subject that's fascinated me and gets me excited. If you study Western culture the last 500 years, there's a clear shift in philosophical outlook on epistemology, what we can know, how we can know things, how we come to understand things, in political philosophy, in government, in law, right? Mm -hmm. In tradition, in the view of tradition and organized religion. Like, no, anyone that has studied Western culture, those are like basically these values that guide our society and our life. And there's been a, a drastic shift. And, and a lot of it has been this inherent anti-church stance, yeah. right? Especially in the Enlightenment era. If we're talking 16 into 1700s, right before the American Revolution. These thoughts are, if we finally get rid of this church that is overreaching its step, if we finally get them out of science, if we finally get them out of law, out of governance, political philosophy, whatever, then we'll finally be free and be able to do what we want to do. Is that kind of somewhat of a correct assessment? Yeah. Okay. Basically, this idea is there was a lot of oversight and a lot of control. The church had a lot of resources and didn't always make the best calls with those resources, mm-hmm. which is accurate. Yeah. But there's this diagnosis that the church is inherently bad for these things and they can't be involved in these things. And I don't think I'm, I don't think any of us would argue that the church needs to be the ones that are the senators, that are the Supreme Court. But we've gotten to a point where we can't even have a Catholic who's not a bishop on the Supreme Court, right? And kind of this whole critique, starting with Immanuel Kant, a philosopher, was superior ore, dare to think, think for yourself. If, if we can finally get these shackles of authority off of us, we can be enlightened by being able to think for ourselves and get out of this intellectual kindergarten. How have I set it up so far? I think you've done well. Okay. Do I keep going? Go for it. Okay. Within America, especially, there's a deep mark of pluralism. That's a key component of our modern age in America. And that basically means that a lot of different world um, worldviews and value systems exist in the same society. Let's have a lot of people who believe a lot of different things live together and not have one kind of creed. And with that, you can't really have the church be involved in things. If you want to have a pluralistic society, they say you can't have the church be in charge of anything anymore. Another part of it was this new sense of freedom. Kind of beginning even before the Reformation, but really, I think you've hit it on this a lot in your classes, this freedom that became, by the French Revolution, an idea of freedom is doing whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm other people. So there is no kind of value system as long as it's not hurting other people. So you have a pluralistic society saying a bunch of people living together, having different worldviews. You have this new sense of freedom saying, do whatever you want, pursue whatever you want, as long as it's not hurting others. There's no kind of goodness or truth or pursuit of some kind of common goal. Right? Right. In America, especially, they didn't like the amount of power and control the church had in really even the priests, the power that the priests had within their communities. If you study American history, the Catholic communities that came, a lot of them formed in the 1800s by these poor working class immigrants, they lived really through that church. Their priest was their source of a lot of their information of their values. Those homilies that we kind of sleep through now were their source of guidance of how to live as a citizen within America. And a lot of America was kind of suspect of the amount of power that priests and bishops had. They were always kind of suspect of the power the Pope had. There's a foreign authority who's telling me how to live my life. If you look at these churches, um, a lot of these priests would convince them, you need to buy your own house. If you look into the 1900s, a lot of these Catholic communities, 80 to 90% of the people within that neighborhood had a physical house that they bought. And most of them gave so much of their money to them by help build a cathedral that they could be proud of, that they could share life with. And the priest was kind of like circling all that. Anything yet? Or am I just still kind of? No. Okay. Keep, keep playing it. And people didn't like, I guess, this influence that a lot of the church had. They don't like the idea of doctrine. Dogma is like an evil word in our society, right? Yeah. So it's like almost this blind belief in something and don't question it. 
People didn't like a magisterium or teaching authority, an institution telling you what to believe, what is right and wrong, what you can read, what you can watch, or really pushing you to vote in a certain way. And for them, the church was the symbol of this, of kind of these shackles from the Enlightenment era that we were trying to break out of. And it kind of forces a lot of leaders and churchgoers to try to make it more respectable and more Americanized and force you to kind of dumb down a lot of these things. We have a lot of our kids nowadays just kind of having little respect for the institutional church. AMPS people nowadays don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. They don't want to be told what to think. I don't want to be told what to believe or my morals and values. And even just like any type of credibility the church had was really kind of shattered with the sexual abuse crisis. Mm -hmm. Those last few decades of the 20th century going into the 2000s here, any type of credibility was kind of taken away because of these terrible things that were happening. And, and they needed to be addressed and brought to light. But kind of the other factor of that is now that any priest, even good ones, don't have any type of respect, respectability within our culture. So our, our kids don't necessarily always respect what the church is as an institution. They're coming in saying, like, they shouldn't even get money because they're greedy. Right. Like yeah. there is this inherent, the, the natural tendency now is to assume corruption and control and oversight. And this is everything that was bad. And we're finally getting progress because we're getting rid of that. I know I've just been like monologuing for a while here, but now it seems this new culture, this progressive culture is looking at basically a new magisterium, mm -hmm. a new system in that's coming in. They've taken this away, but now they've replaced it with their own. Everything they said they hated this oversight, this overreach, this control of what you can think, this censorship has now been replaced by their own, basically, teaching office. Yeah. Would you say you've noticed that at all? Yeah, I would say so. I think by I think you've done a great job of and that was a lot. I'm sorry, people. It's okay. I mean, you set it up for a reason because the students that we teach now and our own generation and the previous generations now have kind of inherited this um, mistrust of authority, this my own liberty above all else, you know this idea that there should be no objective moral law, all that stuff is just kind of like inherited and accepted without understanding its origins, but also with like this deep mistrust of the institutional church or um, of anyone who is kind of proclaiming an objective truth when it comes to morality, ethics, law, those types of things. Um, so I think it's important to kind of set that uh, yeah. backdrop because it is something that just now is accepted whether people realize it or not. And I think you hit on an important point that it, it now they have kind of, Bishop Barron talks about the idea, and this comes from someone else, but uh, always talks about how we're like an, an inherently religious Humanity is religious by its very nature. Like we desire to to worship, we desire to praise, we desire to uh, subjugate ourselves to a higher authority, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you when the when God and the church kind of is thrust out of that role, we're going to replace it with something, mm -hmm. right? Something's going to fill that void. Now it is this kind of new magisterium, this new law, this new kind of societal societal culture that. Yeah, that has this kind of far-reaching influence that yeah. people don't realize. Well said. Yeah. That when it comes to now consuming information and living a certain way of life, there are new dogmas. There's new oversight. And people are trusting it with such a strong sense of obedience. To me, it's kind of alarming. And I could see why people on the other side were alarmed at how strongly Catholics were adhering to Catholic values. Mm -hmm. But now it's like these people have such an obedience to their now source of knowledge that it, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's eye-opening. And this new one does not doesn't really seem to be rooted in any type of natural law or common sense. It is common sense to let people think for themselves and explore truth in the world, but common sense has been replaced 
by almost create your own values or everyone is right, all these different things. It doesn't make sense to let people ignore reality around them. It doesn't make sense to let people completely be obedient to a political party or a news station. Like that doesn't seem to be common sense. Um, it doesn't make sense to allow a big tech to censor kind of the information that we're getting. And these themes, those are the ones that maybe I'm seeing this new influence is kind of rooted in a lot of these things. There are now like videos that are, um, they're fact checking things on videos. You know, they're, they're posting links and saying the information that they want you to know about a specific topic. And a lot of it is political now. And, and I don't need to get into the politics. It doesn't bother me that much. But for me, my mind then goes to how long will it be until these kind of news companies, these the big tech, Google and all these things are now putting like, well, actually, like it's a video maybe on abortion. Actually, the, this isn't a, a human until they're two years old and they can understand that you're hurting them. You know what I mean? Like they are now like telling us and saying, this is actually the right way to think about this, or this is the right way to interpret this story. Yeah. And maybe I don't care now because I don't really get into politics, but I think a lot of it was brought to our forefront, the last two political elections and during COVID where there, there were these hot button issues where a lot of these things now take oversight. And I don't know. I, I, I said a lot there. Do you have anything? No, I think um, to bring it back to an example, like when you and I were in high school, right? We, it was really cool to be um, a rebel, not a rebel. What am I looking for? Like a nonconformist? Yeah, nonconformist, right? This idea that like, I think for myself, I'm a nonconformist, but like, even in that, like you and I, when we were in high school, like, you know, we grew our hair out, we had these different things. Like we were living by a certain standard that was being projected. Like, mm -hmm. this is how you live a nonconformist life. This is how you are uh, cool. This is how you are. Um, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm that, I was that turd at like, who had the communist manifesto and like carried it around because oh, that was yeah. like a, that was like a way in college to be like, oh, this guy, he reads stuff. It's like a hundred page pamphlet that is just like, I, well, know, and like, I've actually kind of figured it out. Like, right. You guys, you guys don't, you're following uh, the You're all sheep, stuff. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but in reality, that's a standard that's being projected. That's, be, that's being told us the lie that we're like conforming our lives to. Right. So instead of me conforming myself to the truth, conforming myself to, to a gospel, which actually makes me free, free from sin, free to love, free to give of myself in a unique way. I'm actually subject. I've, I've removed that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm putting myself under this new authority of what is, you know, cool. What is, um, what is true now? What is the, what's on the right side of history, right? We're going to, yeah. we're going to put ourselves underneath that because I want, I want to, I want to be projected as being this. Yeah. Or so we saw that you're absolutely right in the political system. It's like, you know, I only listen, I watch TV from these two stations. I listen yeah. to this and anything from the other side is absolute BS because it doesn't fit what I, the authority well, now, that I've subjected. That myself. has become their gospel and way of life. And that's, what's alarming to me. We've replaced the teaching and guiding institution like the magisterium mm -hmm. as Catholics. We believe it's guided by this grace of the Holy spirit. It's a living office passed down. And now we're taking CNN, Fox, MSNBC, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, right? The mob of people with blue check marks on Twitter that we value their opinions because Twitter says we should value their opinions. Yeah. People are uh, taking that as gospel. They're risking their social lives over this, their familial lives. They're like putting themselves out there for these, these platforms and these platitudes that, are, that they're pushing and saying these are like gospel truth in life. These are the most important. People are putting their necks out there for issues and talking points that John Oliver can bring out in a one-sided satirical take on society with no one actually sparring intellectually with him. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're taking these pundits to be now our magisterium. Their interpretation of life is the way that we need to leave, live. The monologues of these talk show hosts, the fear mongering of news stations that seem to enjoy bringing out a divisive side of humanity. When I think what used to be like, 
where a Bible verse used to be on the tip of the tongue in a certain situation. Now it's like, I, I hear this regurgitated line that is super pithy. It's like, oh man, I can see that on a bumper sticker. It's like, you know where they got that? They got that from a 30 second YouTube clip or they got it from uh, something they saw on uh, Instagram where it's like, yeah. oh, that's like, that's really witty. And that's, and there was no dialogue. It was just like, put yeah. it out there. And because it came from this source, it's like, oh, I'm going to take them. I'm going to make it my own. It's like, oh, we, I think we forget that like, Again, we've talked about the idea that truth is not something in which we forge ourselves. And what we're doing is we're allowing how we the lens in which we view the world to be affected because mm -hmm. we're we're submitting ourselves to this authority that we're unaware that is informing every decision that we've made and how we think in our lives. When in reality, right, with the church, right, maybe this influence that it had is not one that we would have now as far as a theocracy. But the idea was it was founded and rooted in the truth, the person, mm -hmm. the logos, right, in natural law, in reason, in all things that saw the world as it truly was and wasn't influenced by, it was not influenced by a subjective reality that is spewing it in a way in which is yeah. so clever and so pithy, but it was actually how it was received by the God who has created and given life. It's clever and pithy, but it's also like there's a mess. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to really sift through. If everyone has the, I don't know, whatever. But uh, you made some good points there. Uh, especially I like the one you said, like, we all think that we're really original. Yeah. But we're just consuming, like, we've just basically, my whole point is that people are adopting these things as their new gospel and highest value system within their life. They're, like you said, we have this need to replace a teaching authority and be obedient to something. And we're replacing the church that we said was out of the problem with this new kind of church in reality that doesn't really seem to get its power from anything. And we're taking this and we're just living in our echo chamber and the people we're only listening to the people and the voices within our own echo, ch echo chamber. Basically kind of another critique of the church was basically that they were, we were our own echo chamber. You're only getting that. But my kind of point is, are we going to critique our new kind of regime as just kind of an echo chamber? So a lot of the critiques that we're giving of the church kind of as this leading institution giving us these things we're not necessarily fairly critiquing i think our culture and i think our culture this new regime is marked by this idea of relativism it's saying and, and trying to be kind of this belief system that allows everyone to have their own belief systems and their own morals and values and it sounds really nice but ratzinger called it i think rightly this dictatorship of relativism because it sounds nice to believe whatever you want to believe but as we kind of know there is truth and reality to the world when it comes to something like the existence of god god can't exist and not exist Right, mm -hmm. an atheist and a Christian can't both be right about that. One of us is right, one of us is wrong. Mm -hmm. Not every re religion can be entirely right. Like there's gonna be points of those religions where they contradict, and one of them is right, and one of them is wrong. So I think when you're just looking at that reality, like we're, we're kind of missing the deeper part of truth there. When it comes to moral relativism, everyone can just believe or have values of whatever you want. Anyone that says that doesn't really mean that. Like it's hard to really meet a true moral relativist. Yeah, because what they really mean is like. I like the idea of everyone just kind of pursuing and, and believing whatever they want to believe, but where's the limit to that? Because I had a kid the other day in class say like, well, not like that's what they believe is right. So it's okay. And I kind of pushed it farther. I'm like, well, if it, if they went and like burned down your house, is that still okay for them to do that? And he was like, yeah, because they believed it was right. I'm like, you don't mean that at all. Like <laughs> yeah. there is a line to that. And I think there is this sense of most people who say this would kind of push you on points though. Mm-hmm. This idea of believe whatever you want, only like a certain few things though. Like if you don't believe and you don't fall in line with us on this, on abortion or marriage or something like that, well, you need to start to change your ways. So kind of this critique that we had of the church of being this value forming system and forcing you to live in a certain way, um, I think has just been replaced by a new regime that is kind of hard to pin down because it's not just one organization, one person. It's kind of this movement of our society. Yeah, it's kind of this, this ethos that's like underpinning everything is kind of moving, uh, moving kids, moving our youth, moving the way in which we interpret and um, come to take things in, right? Um, 
that we need to be aware of. And I think we're just asking to, we're inviting people to go deeper, to allow themselves to not just give thing, take things on face value because of the source in which they came from, to, to, to find out whether or not it is indeed true and where, where are its foundations. That's what, while people thought that the church may have been, um, you know, we're not calling for a theocracy again, no. where it's like, but what we're, we're calling for is, or what the beauty that was in the church was the fact that its foundation was in Christ, the logos, that which is the truth, right? The source of all that is good and all that exists, right? So when that's its source, you know what comes forth from it has its foundation, that that sturdy rock in the truth. Even right? if the people that were within the church aren't living it out in that right. way, like there was still supposed to be this root in love, mm -hmm. charity, and truth in these things. Where it's where now it's like some of the opinions and, and things that were uh, people are accepting as gospel truth because they're pithy, because they're clever, because the person who says so, like you said, has the blue check mark next to their name. Like, well, no, like where where are they getting that from? Where are they getting that information from? It's almost like society is like a teenager right now, like thinking like ah, I'm getting away with something. Forever they believe this one thing, and now I'm like, no, like, let's just do like whatever. Got him. It's like when you're like. Ask a kid, like, what kind of roles did you have as a parent or as a teacher? Like, none. Like, <laughs> society is almost in this, like, intellectual teenage, like, angst of, like, we're so different. And, like, oh, you believe whatever you want. Except, for, no, no, don't believe that. Like, believe what I want you to believe. Right. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. This Was that an accurate depiction? <laughs> like, it kind of feels like that because it's like, well, that's what they believed 100 years ago. It's like, I don't care if that's what they believed 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. The, if it was Greek philosophers, right? If it was true, it was true, you know? Yeah. It doesn't mean because someone was born 100 years ago, that means they were absolute morons. And I think, like, there were things that the church needed to be corrected on and criticized for, but they, Absolutely. It, I think just the assumption that like, yeah, they want to dismiss it because of what the, the source that it comes from. Right. Yeah. Just as, just as we do now in our own politics, right. If you're right or left, it doesn't matter. Uh, the idea is that you're going to dismiss the, oppo the opposition position because of where it comes from. Right. Um, just because the church and it's not without its critiques and need for it. Right. But the idea, but its source in mm -hmm. Christ is what matters. Right. Whether that was lived out accurately or not to be a discussion for another time, but that's that's why it has this lasting power and has lasted through the decades and why it's lasted for 2000 years because of its source, where mm -hmm. it finds its strength, where it, its founder in Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess hopefully we got to the, the bigger point. My bigger point, I think we kind of touched on a lot of things was basically I just, we what we didn't like within the church, we've now just replaced with a new kind of form and society and institution within our world. And maybe to look at that because we do have a desire to follow something, to follow some kind of truth and be obedient to some kind of authority and the, the teaching and stuff like that. And, and to die for something, yeah. to really have values in our life that we care about. And I think we've just. And I think the danger is, especially for our recent graduates, right? Like I'm finally out from underneath the thumb of the church, the school. Mom and dad. Mom and dad, right? Like, okay, if you're going to like, if you're going to catapult something out of your life that you thought was limiting, like, well, actually it, could have been the source of great good right it could have just because it was something that maybe you didn't make the decision for yourself doesn't mean what's filling that void is better mm -hmm. um even if it is what is regularly practiced or is, is is the is what the culture is telling you how to live right this is actually what it, what it means to be human well in reality i think what we're we're so easily just dismissive of the church that we've been handed in our baptism when in reality like yeah that's the source of truth goodness and beauty well this is going to springboard some other topics or commentaries on the church and society, but maybe in a different way. But hopefully we've kind of touched on something. And maybe you agree, maybe you don't. But just to kind of be aware of some of that stuff. How many shout-outs? Shout-out to Lunch Ladies again. We're looking for sponsorships. Maybe it's Central Catholic Cafeteria. Seriously. Some free product. What product would we move? Coffee.
coffee. I guess we do get free coffee through yeah, school. Yeah, we do. These are the benefits of becoming a teacher. I want to shout out my mom, who's been listening. Oh, nice. And who uh, kind of helped take care of some of our kids this weekend as we were some of our, our kids. God bless them. So we're trying to figure things out. So thank you, Pam. Anything else? No more shout outs? You don't care about people in your life. I love my family. Okay. <laughs> For the kingdom. For the kingdom.